And away we go, hour two, on a great day for talk radio. And notwithstanding the fact, of course, the legalization of pot was ushered in just after midnight, <laughs> about 1024 Newfoundland time last night. But uh, they jumped the gun nonetheless. Uh, no harm, no foul. But that remains to be seen, I guess, if there's harm or foul. It's a grand social experiment we've embarked on. But uh, let's find out how they perceive things from where Mark Stein sits in the catbird seat. Our friend who's the noted author, commentator, and host of the Mark Stein Show, weighing in here on the Oakley Show this afternoon mark how you doing hey i'm i'm doing great i i didn't realize that whole newfoundland situation with the marijuana everyone apparently is uh, now so high there that the uh the clock at the top of the hour is actually on the half hour it's weird it's completely <laughs> it's completely send them screwy they're out of it there <laughs> right uh don't tell them though they're having a good time yeah <laughs> ignorance is bliss <laughs> what do you make the of clock this? is always half full in newfoundland that's the way they look at it <laughs> that's right what do you make of this legalization thing? Is it something to celebrate? Are we uh, just uh, sitting here and uh, awash in the opiate of the masses? This is a political play. Uh, is that all part of the long, inevitable march of progressivism? What's your take? Uh, pot is the opiate of the masses. Yeah, I was hoping that now the government was running it, uh, had legalized it, the government would actually run it, because that's what they did uh, when they uh, legalized medical marijuana. Uh, the, the federal government uh, grew it for medical purposes in a disused mine uh, somewhere in Manitoba, I think. And all the people who, who took the marijuana compare, complained that it was the worst uh, marijuana they'd ever smoked. And I think half of them actually sent it back to Ottawa, so where Justin smoked it, presumably. <laughs> and I was hoping that that's actually... Uh, what they would have done this time. I don't actually think Canada needs more potheads, uh, not after the uh, NAFTA renegotiations. Uh, and, um, and, it, and it seemed to me that that would have been the ideal compromise, to legalize it but give the government on a monopoly on making it in this disused mine in, uh, I think it was, uh, what is it, uh, Flinflon, Manitoba. Mm. Uh, that's where they grew it, and it was disgusting, and that would have been the best thing for it. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not a great... I think uh, the criminalization of drugs corrupts policing almost everywhere it occurs. But at the same time, I do uh, not think that uh, I need more uh, drug-addicted people in Canada or anywhere else in the developed world. Right. So as an intoxicant, uh, it's just something we're embracing that probably might have detrimental social consequences of what you're saying. Well, I think it, I mean, I do think there are medical issues. I think with schizophrenia, I'm uh, generally of the view that those those things are quite uh, related. But just in the social sense, uh, it seems to me sometimes when one goes hither and yon in the Western world that actually we are kind of decaying into an, uh, uh, in an intoxicant society. And I would rather we were more alert <laughs> as mm. a general proposition. Uh, so that, that's that's my take on that. Yeah, well, then you'd want to stay away from Trinity Bellwoods Park this afternoon because there's no chance of finding anybody who's inherently <laughs> alert. Uh, so listen, let me uh, just ask you about something else that the Canadian government is very uh, strict about, or at least they're making noise that, you know, we're watching with intent and uh, seriousness, this whole thing to do with the Saudis. The Saudis, you know, as we 
have the story of the journalist who was uh, submitting to the Washington Post, was murdered in the consulate in Istanbul, mm-hmm. Turkey, uh, when a, a hit squad comes in with a bone saw. These things tend not to end well. Uh, yes. But are they indispensable, the Saudis, so that we, you know, Donald Trump had said, look, we got $110 billion of military contracts and all the rest, and uh, therefore we're going to tread lightly. And he had even submitted, well, maybe there was a rogue killer. How does Canada position itself on this? <laughs> well, uh, at a safe distance from a Saudi diplomatic facility, <laughs> I would think. It, it would seem to me, un- and by the way, there, there are no good guys in this story. This guy isn't a journalist. I mean, one of the things that's boring about the story is the media don't care what happens to anyone uh, and until it happens to a journalist. They're completely self-absorbed like this. This guy wasn't a journalist. He was basically a high-level spook. Uh, who fell out with the Saudi royal family. I first came across his name when I got into a little bit of a public spat with Prince Turkey, who was a deeply sinister guy who used to... uh, He was at school with Bill Clinton, actually, for one thing. Uh, But then after that, he became head of the uh, Saudi intelligence services uh, just until 10 days before 9-11. Then he was uh, Saudi ambassador in London and Washington. And uh, Khashoggi, this guy Khashoggi, was his, his, his kind of chief aide. So he's not a journalist... He's a high-level spook masquerading as a journalist who fell out with senior members of the royal family. And principally because of that, uh, it's the idea that this is some, you know, the, the local lads on the scene in Istanbul just uh, it just got a bit out of hand and they accidentally questioned him to death and then entirely accidentally they chopped him into pieces and entirely accidentally they put all the pieces in boxes and took it out of the concert. This guy, as I said, was plugged in at the highest level of the Saudi royal family. So if he's dead, he's dead on their orders. Wow. All right. Palace intrigue. And uh, so it's not at first blush what it seems to be uh, that, you know, it's just a mild-mannered journalist submitting to the Washington Post. And no, 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 no. That, he's, he's, not, he's, not a, he's, not a journal, he's not a journalist at all. As I said, I just I'd, I had a, had a brief run-in with some high-level Saudis a few years ago, and Prince Turkey being one of them. He said, uh, uh, the, he said at, the, uh, at one point he announced that the arrogance of Mark Stein knows no bounds. And I like that so much, I put it as the endorsement on the front cover of my book, America Alone, because that's what they call the money quote. He's, these guys are not, you know, guys like Prince Turkey are not nice guys. And when you're Prince Turkey's principal aide, the idea that you're some Columbia journalism school, uh, you, you know, nice little Washington Post colonist who's wandered a bit too far afield. That's not what this guy is. All right. So uh, one could say safely he's as much a journalist as Elizabeth Warren is a member of the Cherokee Nation. Well, no, I'm not saying he's that little of a journalist. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is, I believe, 1-1024th Cherry Key. I'm prepared to stipulate that uh, poor Mr. Khashoggi was more than 1-1024th. I mean, nobody is 1-1024th anything. I mean, if you're smoking the uh, Canadian government marijuana, you're not just 1-1024th high. It's very difficult just to be, I think I'm going to go out and get 1-1024th drunk tonight. (laughs) I'm going to listen to 1-1024th of the John Oakley show. Because if I crank it up to 2-1024ths, I just can't handle it. It's very little to be just 1-1024th of anything. 
Well, she took a DNA test to try to ascertain that she has this Cherokee blood because she's already stood on that as a reason for, uh, you know, she got into Harvard because uh, it was a minority affirmative action thing. And so, yeah, yeah, she, she, and she now she's going to run for president in 2020. So I guess she's trying to pave the way with her bona fides. Yeah, she, she was Harvard Law School's. She's 1,023, 1,024ths white. And uh, <laughs> on the basis of that, Harvard Law School touted her as their first woman of color. I mean, this is fantastic. <laughs> I love this. This is the new, this, this new one-drop rule. When you think of racial regimes in the world, whether it's the American South, uh, whether it's apartheid in South Africa, whether it's Hitler's Nuremberg laws, nobody says, oh, well, we've... Uh, Unfortunately, we've discovered your 1,024th uh, Cherokee, so uh, that's enough to be uh, Harvard Law School's uh, first woman of color. What a fantastic country. That's brilliant. (laughs) Mark, by the way, condolences on the loss of your cat. My understanding is uh, TJ the cat passed, and I can understand because it wasn't long ago that we lost our own Maggie the cat, Mm. you know, who used to like to dance on hot tin roofs, and so uh, we called her Maggie the cat. Tell me about it. I mean, this is... Because I know you've online posted a tribute to uh, TJ, but cats yeah. have a way of, uh, I don't know, drawing out uh, the humanity in a person, would you say? They're endearing. There's yeah. a certain quality. Tell me no, about your I, cat. I, go, I, I needed a cat for this video for my album. And in fact, this cat I found, some heartless francophone in Magog, <laughs> Quebec, uh, had actually had this cat for 10 years, declawed the cat so the cat couldn't leave the house. And then got some cute, like, uh, little young kitty. Tra- basically traded this old, worn-out cat in for a trophy cat that was nicer to be seen around <laughs> Magog with. And, uh, and so threw this old cat out. Uh, and, and then uh, in, 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 nobody wanted it on the Quebec side of the border, so they took it south of the border, carelessly uh, uh, making a mistake on the cat's age so that he appeared to be like 23 years old <laughs> when they converted the Quebec metric system of dating <laughs> into American. Nobody wanted this cat. And I just got this cat thinking, TJ, thinking he'd be just right. He was old, fat, ugly, worn out enough for my video. And thinking after I'd done the video, I'd, uh, you know, tie a brick around him and throw him down a well. <laughs> and in fact, he, he, he touched me. And uh, he was in my life uh, for two and a half years, this old, worn out, declawed, useless cat. And uh, he was one of the, uh, the best things that ever came into my family's life. And it just goes to show... It just goes to show, even when it's some heartless Franco-Quebecer who should be, they should be kicked out of Federation just for what they did to my cat. Uh, I don't care about, you can stick your meat, Schlager, there's no point getting on with guys who, there's no point even trying to reach a rapprochement, as they say in Quebec, with guys who would do this to a Quebec. Just get a, uh, do this to a cat. Just get the hell out of Confederation now. You don't want to, we don't need people who treat cats like that. But they, but, but it was a blessing for me, these heartless Quebecers, what they they did to him. Well, you know, it's touching at the heartstrings what you did for that cat. I think progressive types would find it disarmingly disarming. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, well, I, I loved that, that fella. Today was a sad day for me. My 
first morning uh, waking up uh, waking up without him and I took Justin Trudeau's advice and uh, I've just been lighting lighting up and uh, toking my spliffs or whatever the young people say <laughs> all day uh, but it is no consolation my view is forget forget the pot get a cat all right he, uh, the cat sat on the mat the pot goes uh, in your mouth it, it's no contest get the cat skip the pot there you go it's almost uh, you've rendered the poor man's Dr. Seuss right there uh, extemporaneous Nice work. Mark, always always a pleasure. We'll talk yeah, soon. Yeah, I love that. The, what is it? The pot in the hat? It's a great it's a pity it doesn't rhyme, but it, it's... Uh, who cares? No, today in this country, of course not. Uh, everybody's giggling out of context anyway. So. Yeah, you, you smoke enough and it rhymes perfectly. <laughs> there you are. All right. Mark, good to talk. We'll do it soon. Okay, thanks a lot, There you go. Mark Stein, author, commentator, and host of The Mark Stein Show. We'll come back with our panel topics worthy of discussion up next here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, I wish she'd talk to me like that Didn't care where I scratched her set And did me praise for being lazy and fat She only talks that way to the cat For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season 6 of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.